It's time for the Possum Story with your hosts, Jacob F. Stark and Anna Ludovica. Welcome to the Possum Story, where furries look at the furry fandom and say, Whoa there, friend, you might want to slow down. I'm Jacob F. Stark. And I'm Anna Ludovica. Let's get right into it. First of all, my co-host and I would like to thank everyone who's listening for tuning in to our very first broadcast. We're very happy to be here, aren't we, Jacob? Oh, absolutely. And for those of you who are wondering, we're spelling first with an I, not a U. We're not descending into cringy furry puns that quickly. This show may be called The Pawsome Story, but we're still better than that. And just so we don't start off on the wrong foot, we should preface this show by saying we're not journalists, nor do we claim to be. This is not a serious news show. We make it for fun. We're also not a roasting channel where we openly mock or call out or shame other people unless it's actually necessary. Everything we say here is meant to entertain and enlighten, not spotlight negativity or encourage division. We're here to make people laugh while looking at the furry fandom in a new, refreshing light. Thank you, Anna. Now on to our top stories. This week, the hashtag poorly explain your fursona began trending on social media. This was considered a landmark event, as for the first time many furries finally got to experience firsthand the same confusion other people feel when furries try to explain what a fursona is. New York Magazine recently released an article about how commissions for furry art keep a lot of independent artists afloat. The editor of the article has been paid over time for the six hours they had to spend browsing furry art for a picture that didn't need to be censored. They were also given paid sick leave while they recovered from the trauma. One of the fandom's biggest art-sharing websites, SoFurry, went down last weekend due to server issues on the part of their ISP provider. Veteran users of SoFurry were obviously inconvenienced by this unplanned downtime and took to social media to log their complaints. Best cute kid, said users of another website, Fur Affinity, while taking long drags on cigarettes and glugging whiskey from flasks. Talk to us when your site gets barred out by IMVU. This weekend, hundreds of furries gathered in Indianapolis, Indiana to attend the 7th annual Indie FurCon, which most people know as Indie PopCon's slightly strange little brother who likes to dress up in an animal costume. Over a thousand people attended this year's convention, almost triple the number that appeared at the first convention at 2010. Footage of this year's convention shows the hotel staff quivering in fear of what messes they might have to clean up, That's right. We'll never forget Rainforest 2015, and neither should you. This year's convention theme for Indie FurCon was the Indie Fur 100, commemorating the 100th running of the Indie 500. Furries attending the convention thought the race would be a perfect way to time and theme this year's gathering, while racing enthusiasts prayed that it would distract everyone from the furry convention going on downtown. Over the course of Indie FurCon, donations to the Southside Animal Shelter for at-risk cats and dogs were raised by guests of honor Orlando Fox and Rhubarb the Bear. The convention raised over $10,000 total for the charity. Orlando Fox is most known for illustrating YouTube musician Mando Pony's music videos, and Rhubarb the Bear is most known for his big brother, Smokey. Remember, only you can prevent forest fires. Serious talk though, that is actually amazing. I've always loved how furry conventions raise so much money for worthy causes. It's inspiring that not only are the people organizing these events donating so much of the ticket price to these charities, but the convention goers themselves are donating of their own volition as well. It's definitely a side of the fandom that a lot of people don't really recognize. 
The fact is, the furry fandom is more than just people drawing art and having fun in costumes. There's a very beautiful creative economy within the fandom that doesn't get enough credit. When you can make an honest living drawing people's characters or making costumes, it really deserves praise. Because unfortunately, not a lot of people get that opportunity. All too true. And even if this isn't a full-fledged paying career you're talking about, the fandom does allow a lot of talented individuals to chase their dreams. Take Orlando and Rhubarb, for example. These are two very talented people, an artist and a musician, and though both of them are clearly talented enough to make good, honest livings from their skills, they spent an entire three-day weekend lending those skills to raise money for charity. And that's honestly just incredible. Very incredible. And here to talk with us about the furry fandom's creative economy is esteemed furry economist Kane Cobra. Hello, hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Kane. It's great to have you here. It's a pleasure to be here, Anna. I just find myself blessed that being both an economist and a furry has paid off for once. <laughs> so there's not much room in the fandom for you as an economist? Not at all, Anna, not at all. You know how, in modern society, artists and writers are left to starve while those with quote-unquote real jobs are in high demand? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I know that. Yeah, well, in the furry fandom, it's the opposite. There's about as much demand for a furry economist as there is for a podcast with deaf people. <laughs> <laughs> that must be a challenge. Oh, yes, it's a wonder I scraped enough cash together just to go to Indie FurCon at all. Oh, so you were at the convention? Oh, absolutely. And let me tell you, it was amazing. So many people wanted to hug me. I've never felt so much love under one roof. Did you take part in the fursuit parade? According to the convention's Twitter, over 280 people took part. Were you among them? I was not part of that parade, Anna. I cannot and probably never will be able to afford a fursuit. Really? Why's that? Have you seen how much a suit costs? They cost over $2,000 each for decent quality. Even the ones that look like crap run up a few hundred bucks. For someone with as little work as me, that's just impossible. Oh, I'm very sorry to hear that. The con staff estimated that the value of all the fursuits in that parade was over half a million dollars. Let me say that again. Half a million dollars. If I go out with nine of my friends, we won't have enough between us to split a ten-slice pizza. As an economist with a master's degree, I just want to ask furries everywhere. Where are you getting all this money and how can I join in? Well, there has to be some way they can afford those expensive suits. Most of them do have manageable day jobs, but a lot make a great deal of money from art writing and fursuit making. I mean, furry comedians like yourselves must make good money, right? <clears throat> furry economist Kane Cobra, everyone. Thank you, thank you. Donate to my PayPal. And now moving on, we look at news on furry media. Earlier this month, game designer Clace released the eighth chapter of his critically controversial visual novel, Major Minor. In case you haven't heard of him, Clace is a furry icon regarded as a C-list celebrity within the fandom, while his genitals are considered B-list and his anus is considered A-list. Major Minor came under stern fire from critics and gamers alike when it was first released earlier this year, with some accusing Clace of unethical business practices, including copyright infringement, inappropriate personal use of funds raised through the game's Kickstarter, slander, and stifling negative criticism. Of the newest chapter, one reviewer on Steam commented, Oh, wait, it's already been flagged as abusive. Recently, the first trailer for the Russian superhero movie Guardians was released online. 
The trailer boasts four genetically modified superhuman heroes fighting to save the Soviet Union from its various enemies, among whom is Ursus the Werebear. Because, of course, nothing spells walking contradiction like using the words furry and Soviet Union in the same sentence. A lot of media outlets and critics are accusing the studio of ripping off franchises like X-Men and The Avengers, but looking at Ursus, it's clear that the studio is ripping off the buff fantasy version of Rupert. You know, Stewie Griffin's teddy bear from Family Guy. Oh, and giving him a minigun. Well, maybe that's what the movie's about. I mean, maybe Stewie's been kidnapped, and so Rupert daringly teams up with these other superheroes to save him. I think I read a fanfiction about that once. Could be. Really could be. In other news, the critically acclaimed Netflix animated series BoJack Horseman was recently confirmed to be returning for a fourth season, being confirmed by the character himself over Twitter. For those of you who don't know, BoJack Horseman is the story of a depressed, alcoholic actor who is also a horse, struggling to find happiness and company in the middle of his dwindling fame. He's filthy rich, owns a huge mansion, and lives in society where animal people live in harmony with people people. The title Bojack Horseman was chosen in a landslide over other possible choices. Furry first world problems, and sorry guys, the horse never gets his dick out. It's actually well known by now that a number of people who have worked on Bojack Horseman in the past have identified as members of the furry fandom, as were several members of the production team behind the Disney animated movie Zootopia. Upon hearing the news, the furry fandom collectively responded with, Uh, you don't say! Bojack isn't the only character on the show who's more than human, though. He's joined by his happy-go-lucky, floppy-eared friend, Mr. Peanut Butter, a Labrador retriever who's also a famous Hollywood actor. Uh, wait. He, he is a Labrador retriever, is that right? I think so. I think so. It's either that or a golden retriever. Uh, g- guys, guys, can we, can we get a minute to straighten this out? Uh, Google his name, just, just see what comes up. Yeah, yeah, sure. Hold on. Bojack Horseman, Mr. Peanut Butter Search. Ah! 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 Oh my god! Oh my god! Safe search, John! Safe search, John! Oh my god! There's so much porn! Why is there so much porn? It's so big! Why are they both so big? Why did this first thing just pop up? Just close the goddamn browser! Oh my god! My god, is nothing sacred? This is why we can't have nice things, furries. Remember, you you gotta take the good with the bad. It's a uh, rule thirty four, whatever. Yeah, sure. Ugh. Oh wow, I am never gonna be able to get that out of my head. Yeah. Well, um, that seems like a good place to end the show for now. Yeah, no kidding. That's our show, everyone. Thanks for tuning into the Paulson story. Until next time, I'm Jacob F. Stark. I'm Anna Ludovica, and you've just been pawed off. Hey, no, 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 that is not our sign-off. Yep, it is. I just did it. It's official. They've just been pawed off. Oh, god damn it. Good night, everybody. (laughs) 